I really do think that on many levels, Bamboo is uh, is the perfect ambassador for for sustainable materials because of because of its profile because it's so um, so attractive and it is very photogenic. So obviously, all the images that you see of bamboo projects online all over the world uh, uh, are very appealing to the eye. But I, I think what happened is um, the reason why it really struck with me when I first started looking into it was because it was it was widely available around where my father lived in Brazil. Um, so it was a reality that just seemed very close by. Um, but that uh, that was not that was not taking advantage of, and it just seemed crazy when you saw what was happening elsewhere in the world, including in Indonesia, that there was so much bamboo just next to where we were, and that nobody really knew how to build with it. So it was kind of a kind of a constatation that this was there and that somebody had to uh, realize its potential to actually make it happen there in Brazil. I'm Warren Hardy and this is the Bamboo You Podcast. Join me as I explore bamboo design, architecture, creativity, and craftsmanship. It's with great pleasure I introduce today's guest, Jules Delage is a young architect who lives and works here in Bali with the design firm Ibuku. He's currently part of the team who's working to create the concept design for Green School Tulum, which is very exciting. I worked with Jules for a few years at Bambuyu before he went on to work with Ibuku. He was officially the program manager at Bambuyu and helped me design many of the structures that we've built During our workshops, this episode is about his journey and what inspired Jules to choose a career as a bamboo architect, as well as his dreams to bring innovative bamboo designs to South America in the future. Please forgive the noise in the background of this episode. It was recorded in the jungle here in Bali. Hi, Jules. Hi, Oren. So what I like... I just thought you fell out of the sky, just showed up in the farm one day and asked for a job. And I was like, who are you? Um, and you were charming enough that like after about three or four weeks, I'm, I gave you a job, which was crazy, um, but turned out to be a really, a really good idea. Uh, <laughs> probably the best decision I've ever made. Thanks for um, that. So, so why did you come to Bali and why did you decide bamboo was for you? I didn't really decide bamboo was for me until I was actually uh, uh, both feet in. Um, I had studied architecture in uh, Canada, in Montreal. And uh, upon graduation, I decided that I, um, I didn't want to throw myself into, uh, into a job in, uh, in a studio somewhere in the city. So I went to travel to... Brazil, where my dad lived, and um, and after some weeks there, I I found the eco community, sustainable community called Piracanga, which I really uh, was inspired about. They are independent in food production, in water, in electricity. Um, they build very sustainable structures, and they have their own um, economic uh, bubble with their own currency there. And I just thought it was a very, very interesting um, microcosm of sustainability. So I decided I wanted to spend some time there and learn from their practices. And uh, um, they only accept people who actually contribute to the community. So I met a woman who wanted to build a... Um, a plant nursery out of bamboo and I told her I was an architect and I'd be interested to make a design for her. So um, I made a little model and she asked me, she liked it a lot and she asked me if I could stay and build it. Um, And I told her, of course. She asked me, but you know how to build with bamboo? Yeah, yeah, sure, no worries. So um, I had no idea how to build with bamboo, obviously. So I I had to... (laughs) Just to be clear, when you say you were an architect, you had just graduated from architecture school. Oh yeah, I could, uh, I could, uh, I could, Basically, open AutoCAD and uh, and uh, draw a box in AutoCAD. That's that's how much I knew. No, I'm joking, of course. But I had I had very little experience, obviously. But you had no building experience. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, but I, I I just really wanted to stay there. So I, I told her that I I I do it. And um, when that happened, I I figured I better learn um, the basis about bamboo. So I I found 
a course that was happening next to Rio, uh, led by a famous German master carpenter um, called Jörg Stamm. Um, and I decided to go, and my father, who was also very excited about Bamboo at that time, um, came along. And so we met this this brilliant Bamboo builder who, um, who I then learned was involved in the making of Green School, which obviously I had heard a lot um, about when doing my preliminary research on Bamboo. The long story short is I, I got along with the guy very well, and, uh, and upon completion of the course, um, he offered me to follow him around as an apprentice and told him he had a job in Sumatra to build a bamboo bridge, 52 meter long bridge out of bamboo uh, for a project that, that helped the preservation of orangutans. So um, I, I went back, built a structure in, in Piracanga and then followed him to Sumatra where my visa application didn't work out. And he told me, if you want to stay in Indonesia where you learn a lot about bamboo, I know some guys in Bali who are trying to launch a bamboo program. So Oren Hardy is the man you need to get in touch with. And this is where the story picks up with yours. Oh, yeah, that's right. You, uh, Jorg, Jorg was like, there's a man coming. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and uh, I was a little bit like offended that, you know, we were the second person to recommend you to after this uh, bridge in Sumatra. But but I go over, uh, over myself pretty quickly. Um <clears throat> And so, but like, so that's the story, but like what, what attracted you to the material? Um, was it just because of that greenhouse or was there like, was there like a deeper calling? Like what, what, what made you realize that like you really, what is it about bamboo that really excited you so much? You, you know, I really do think that on many levels, Bamboo is uh, is the perfect ambassador for for sustainable materials because of because of its profile because it's so um, so attractive and it's uh, it's very photogenic. So obviously, all the images that you see of bamboo projects online all over the world uh, uh, are very appealing to the eye. But I, I think what happened is um, is The reason why it really struck with me when I first started looking into it was because it was it was widely available around where my father lived in Brazil. Um, so it was a reality that just seemed very close by. Um, but that uh, was very that was not that was not taking advantage of. And it just seemed crazy when you saw what was happening elsewhere in the world, including in Indonesia, that there was so much bamboo just next to where we were, and that nobody really knew how to build with it. So it was kind of a kind of a constatation that this was there and that somebody had to uh, realize its potential to actually make it happen there in Brazil where there's so much of it that grows. Um, and, and then obviously playing around with the material just made me understand how, how amazing the opportunities that it, that, it unveils, that it unveils are. And what, like, what's the, like, what part of it is like the most, because there's a sustainability like element, right? But then there's also the design opportunity. Um, and so like what part of it really gets you up in the morning um, and really, causes the most excitement right because there's like a lot of different materials you can build beautiful forms out of um you know in in rhino or autocad um you know you don't have to build a box now uh, we're kind of graduated from the box uh it's the first time in the last couple of years where where we're starting to see how computers can actually help us with bamboo because before it was kind of like well the computers couldn't really keep up with what we were doing with bamboo right and now with grasshopper um and some of these other programs, it's becoming clear that that actually there's a lot like there's this kind of link with parametric architecture that's really interesting. Um, you, you know, I think the 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 honest answer to this would be it's the playfulness that I think fascinates me the most. I was really obsessed with uh, construction games when I was a kid. When I was a kid, um, Kapla, uh, little um, wooden pieces which you stacked upon uh, one another to make towers and, and architectural. Architectural, um, uh, uh, you know, small-scale structures and Lego and all of these things. Mecano, my mother had a, a furniture uh, company called uh, uh, Sandrine et les Ferrailleurs, which only made furniture out of uh, Mecano plates, upscale Mecano plates. So I kind of grew up in this in this world, and I think what Bamboo brought me brought me back to when I started playing with it the first time when I did this course with York was the the playfulness of it. Just pick up a stick. Uh, uh, attach it to another stick, and then an, and then a third stick, and the thing stands up, and it's light enough so that you can carry it yourself, and it's uh, versatile enough so that you can actually reinvent the same structure many times over with the same pole. Sorry about this. 
um, yeah, so it's just very playful and very easy to play with. So there's a, this kind of, and, and you don't think that applies, like it's not as playful with other, because like there's one thing like making bamboo models with sticks, right? But like turning that into an actual structure, you know, is serious business and can lead to uh, sleepless nights if we don't do it properly. Um, and, and so like, like, you know, there's like, so you, you started with, so, so what, like, what, what kind of design opportunities opened up for you, um, you know, working with bamboo as opposed to like maybe what you, what you were doing in architecture school. And, and I know you don't have much to compare it with because you kind of went to school and then it sounds like you jumped, it's like ma meant to be with this greenhouse you agreed to build. Is it still standing this greenhouse? I believe it is. I haven't been back, to be honest, uh, to check on it. But yes, I've seen pictures recently and it's still there. It's funny because when I look at it now, it's, uh, I, I really hope that nobody ever knows that I made that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually very, it looks, and it's very similar to a structure that we made together, the, the bamboo hall. It was, uh, it was a, a series of high power, hyperbolic power, but it's connected to one another. Um, but I didn't have much experience with the joints at that time, so it ended up being very bulky. And uh, but yeah, it still stands. It's a nursery. So tell me, tell me more about this, because I, I, you know, I know, I know just from working with you that you're very, very interested in in hyperbolic paraboloids, um, which are essentially a whole lot of straight lines that create curved surfaces. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a hyperbolic paraboloid is and you're also really interested in, in this whole idea of parametric architecture where where you shift certain mathematical equations and that creates you know new forms and new patterns um, and and I know like you know we built some structures together and it was very clear that as much as the 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 models are really important for the construction process for you to actually make that model correctly um, you really needed to model it on a computer because there's too many variables um, we probably could have done it by hand but it would have taken forever um, so it's, it's not so much that i'm 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 fascinated with hyperbolic paraboloids or or this kind of parametric architecture it's really just what i learned about in architecture school so at some point when you start picking your own brain about what to design what to build you just base yourself on what you've learned and the truth is uh, uh, i spent years four years in architecture learning how to use rhino and grasshopper which are the tools that you know um that you that you that you end up playing with when that's when your toolbox is made of a certain uh, set of tools so um my first assignment in architecture school was uh, was uh, to make a model of a, um, a Felix Candela structure, which made a lot of hyperbolic paraboloids, and I just uh, I just kind of sticked around with that. So um, so yeah, the, the the funny thing is when we started uh, uh, when I started at Bamboo U with you, um, Neil Thomas and Yorkstam, uh, for those of uh, the for for the people of who don't listen to us who are listening to us who don't know who they are uh, Neil Thomas is a is a bamboo uh, is a sorry is a lightweight engineer who got infected with the bamboo bugs a few years back uh, meeting China Hardy here in Bali and who is a, a, a big ambassador of the work that we do one here our, with bamboo. one of our facilitators too at bamboo yeah or um, instructors I should say yeah who comes who comes almost every time and uh, Yorkstam um, uh, this German master carpenter who helped building the first structures in green school who also comes from time to time to Bamboo U as a facilitator. They they were both uh, they they are both very much driven by the by the structural heritage and the architectural heritage of lightweight architects like Fraiotto, like Felix Candela, um, uh, Gaudi on, on on certain levels. So it, it just kind of linked back to what they were preaching. Um, and, and then you pick up, you know, you connect the dots. So I, I learned how to do this. I learned how to do that. This is what these people are into. Let's see how we can push this further. And uh, and I guess just everything kind of linked. But, but those guys, you know, they're building with timber and concrete, right? None of them, except for Jorg, who, who kind of bridged into bamboo. But so what do you think that like the challenges are, um, you know, taking these ideas uh, from some, some, some very well-known... Uh, lightweight, lightweight arc, uh, lightweight builders, right? Like, kind of looking at how do we how do we use material as efficiently as possible to make like large. Most of those buildings are quite big, right? They're huge, and and some of our bamboo buildings are big, but a lot of the time, you know, they're they're much smaller um, kind of ornaments, right? Like high attention to detail, 
um, you know, Ibuku started with homes um, and and with schools, and, and now they're kind of branching out into all kinds of things. Um, but what do you think bamboo has to offer? Um, I mean, we know there's a sustainability side of it, uh, but what do you think bamboo has to offer that these other materials don't have to offer? Um, and what do you think the, the main challenges are? Like, what's the because you build a beautiful model? What are the main challenges that you came up against when you had to turn that into reality? Because, like, you know, we were building structures together. You had some help um, with, you know, a, a team of people that had various levels of expertise. But a lot of the times, like, the responsibility to actually finish the structure was really in your court, right? Um, in terms of uh, making sure you pulled all those different resources together. So, first of all, to, to answer your first question, I think that um, uh, how did we know that these these structures that were that were built out of timber, out of concrete, could work with bamboo? It's, it was it was just so very obvious that when you deal with tensile structures uh, and lightweight structures, that bamboo was or is the the the, the obvious material solution to go with and it's the beautiful thing with everything that we still have to discover um, uh, with bamboo because because it's so recent right because we've only we've only really started dealing with bamboo in the last 15 years because that's when the, the treatment methods were um, um, uncovered um, it's, it's 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 a material that's extremely efficient in tension uh, that will um, allow you to to create curved structures if you process it into splits. So to really enter the the realm of uh, grid shell structural systems uh, with a versatility that can only be uh, compared to that of, of uh, um, carbon fiber, and um, and it's extremely lightweight. So when you deal with uh, long spanning spanning shells um, that uh, need to resist uh, whatever earth quake low, uh, uh, seismic loads uh, are applicable in the region of the world where you're building it. So here in Indonesia, in Indonesia, um, quite quite heavy loads. Uh, it's it's just very very obvious. The the big challenge I think on on a global scale now is to convince the people um, who have the who have the the available resources in the in, in their countries of origins to actually believe in the material and to use it in those ways that haven't been really explored in architecture traditional architecture before because people don't really know how to build intention people don't really know how to how to think grid shells how to think uh, um, uh, curves uh, yet um, I mean people are just really used to being building with compression um, comp compressive structural systems. And so you think there's this kind of lack of understanding of of how to build and design intention um, that that bamboo requires, and that maybe the traditional materials we use, like steel and concrete, don't work as well with. I guess steel works pretty well, but like concrete and brick, like you know, brick and mortar doesn't. You know, it's all compressive. So you think there's just like it's really just a mindset that's stopping people. I mean. You start to experiment with whatever you, with whatever uh, material you have available. So if you don't consider bamboo to be uh, a durable uh, construction material, you're not going to spend or you're not going to bother exploring what the opportunities are uh, with this material. As soon as people regard bamboo as a very abundant uh, and cheap material to to play around with, uh, you know. R&D is an is a intuitive process. You play around with whatever you have and then you figure out how to build structures that, um, that are most efficient uh, and that are just very pleasing to the human senses. So I think that if, you know, if the local uh, communities did have access to the treatment methods that we use today, hundreds or thousand years uh, ago and actually really experimented with the material itself, we would maybe look today at a, at a vernacular architecture uh, which uses tension much more than, than compression, who knows. Um, but we are introducing this and we just uh, need to convince people that it's, uh, you know, that it is uh, uh, an architectural style that will last through time, that is uh, safe, that is worth trusting, that is worth investi uh, investing into because um, because it uses less material, because it's much lighter on the land, because it uh, offers such a wide range of opportunities when it comes to uh, aesthetics and, and, and design. 
Um, so yeah, and it's 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 very intuitive. I mean, if you start bending a bamboo split and you see how the material itself responds and how much energy it captures just by bending this this bamboo split, you you really feel it when you enter a grid scale structure. I think it's really uplifting when you when you feel the, all this energy that is that is stored uh, inside those bent elements. It's it's really pulling you up, right? Uh, compressive structures mm -hmm. sometimes feel very heavy and and have a tendency to to just push you down. Uh, tensile architecture is, is very uplifting. So so let's talk a little bit about some of the structures um, you've been involved like in building and and in specifically related, we did some pretty big structures for bamboo, at least some pretty big structures at Bamboo U. Um, and you really took took a lot of leadership in, in driving that design forward. Um, what were like which one was your favorite? Which one do you feel like you, and which one do you feel like you learned the most from? Like, that's that's a tough question to answer because I feel like every structure that we've made, uh, I think over the two and a half years I've been at Bamboo, we made over fifteen structures, and I feel like every single structure net led to the let net boop, led to the next, um, and it's been such a continuous process that. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't really look at any structure as an individual uh, entity, but more as a, uh, an evolution. As of an, yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, I think there's one small structure that we made uh, that we actually did twice during two bamboo use, which is the the what used to be the Green Camp campus uh, meditation room, which is an anti-classic grid shell made out of bamboo lilies, which was particularly um, interesting to build because first of all we really didn't know how to how to resolve the structure before we actually started building it with the participants um, in Bamboo U. In fact, oh, in we, sh we should have known better because uh, we could barely figure out how to build a model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I think three we, different three different people try to try to make that model and ended up with Putra, who was a model maker for Ibuku for for quite a few yeah. years, uh, working on it. Um, what we was calling the professionals? <laughs> yeah, which they, they didn't know how to resolve it because it was it was just so out of the box, right? We wanted to build it with uh, bamboo lilies, which we never use structurally. We use it for beams from time to time, but the idea was to make a grid shell whose geometry was stable enough to make this 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 completely crazy shaped little structure stand on its own, right? And what was so interesting um, with this process is that we really had to figure it out with the group and that everybody who was involved in that station during this Bambuya was in August 2018. Um, every single person who was involved into the station actually brought something, uh, brought an idea, had some kind of input that actually made it uh, what it ended up being, which I think ended up being great success because it's still standing. The shape ended up being really beautiful. Um, and it's 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 kind of one of those sculptural structures which uh, doesn't really uh, serve a functional purpose, but it's it's such a there's so much there's so many stories behind it, and there's so many brains that actually had to um, uh, get together on this to to make it possible. So in terms of, of what in terms of what you learn from those those types of processes is is how rich uh, you get when you start bringing people from different backgrounds to pick their brains into a common problem and, and, and everybody needing to come up with a solution together, right? We had architects, we had designers, we had photographers, we had, um, you name it, um, uh, all sorts of different kind of people putting their brains onto this and actually making it possible. And it was interesting, it, it, it was the right size too, it wasn't too big, so the whole, the whole bamboo was really involved and engaged in it. But we were really kind of pushing the envelope and breaking a lot of our rules, right? Because usually we know that bamboo doesn't, if you take one stick of bamboo, you try and bend it in two directions. Structurally, it's not really a very good idea, right? Because his leady is really too small to be to be structural um, without some, some prop. Yeah, it could be, I guess it could be tensile, but for it to have any compressive properties was, was really difficult. And, and I feel like it was, it was really inspired by, um, you know, this idea of shell architecture, but then it wasn't like a it wasn't a shell because we weren't going to cover it with, with like a like a uh, like a concrete or something that that held it together. We we needed to 
you know, put like a light canvas or something over it because that's what we had available. Um, and so it took a really long time to get the students and the carpenters to figure out how to get that to bend without breaking, right? So really pushing. And that created a lot of beauty, um, but it also took like two bamboo U's for this tiny little structure. And then it broke twice. And then we had to like redo it. The main challenge that we had is that the leadies uh, were not, I think I think the one mistake we did is we didn't store the lady in a well, uh, 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 in a shaded place. So they actually dried out really fast. Um, and they kept on breaking when we were trying to bend them kept because the, stru the, the, the structure was so uh, small. The scale of it was actually quite small. I think the, the radius was um, four meters and it's a five meter high structure. Um, with with five uh, very dramatic curves, creating five openings to 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 the inside of the meditation space. Um, so it kept on snapping. So what we had to do the second trial was actually to order material that had just been treated, so it was still wet, and to uh, and to store the bamboo in a, in a in a in a shady in a shady area so it didn't dry too fast and actually hurry up to build this thing before the lily got too dry. Yeah. Um, but I mean, only that is something that you learn, you know, very fast. And when people actually engage with the material and can feel the difference between a dry uh, bamboo lily and a wet bamboo lily and see how much better the wet one uh, bends, that's I mean, these sorts of of learning, this type of learning, you can only gain by by trying and failing and then trying again and figure out what the right solution is and this 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 is what felt so great about this process is we just knew so little and we learned so much um, yeah 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 it's true I, I feel like just just for the listeners who don't know what a lidi is uh, it's a Balinese word and what we're describing is a really really thin almost round bamboo split uh, so it's like probably one two centimeters. Uh, diameter, kind of like an ovoid, uh, two centimeter diameter of split, and so it's it's very flexible. Um, and what we do is we often bundle these things together to create um, really curvy elements that allow us to you know make like whimsical shapes um, in in bamboo structures. And so I feel like we learned that was the first time we tried to use Lidi in a really structural your, way. Your calls them the, the bamboo spaghetti. And I have just a, a small parenthesis to say on, on, on this type of material is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the first time that it was used structurally was in a house that you designed with Jorg when you were 19, um, which uh, has been featured in a, in a book uh, by Gernot Minke called Building with Bamboo, who, which was my Bible when I was in Brazil, uh, learning about, about bamboo. And I saw, I saw that house thinking, wow, this is one of the coolest houses I've seen. Um, and, uh, and I had no idea that Jorg and you had built it and that it was in Bali. And when I first arrived at, uh, at, uh, in Bali and I, and I got the job at Bamboo U, um, you actually uh, uh, put me in that house and I've been living in that house for the last three years. And it's really amazing because when we were building this little prayer room, I was thinking it's so cool that I get to be a, a part of the experimentation process, which really pushes the limits of what we can do with those bamboo spaghettis, uh, which the organoid came uh, up with uh, some 10 years ago. And that we're now actually making the first uh, uh, bamboo lidi grid shell, only relying on bamboo lidis uh, as the structural elements. So it was it was a nice loop uh, that happened. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we we built that, um, and, and we did. I guess we do use it structurally, but like with the help of, um, you know, whole poles to keep it up. Right. This was the first time we we did it as a, uh, you know, like it's actually held together by a combination of splits and leadies. And I felt like we learned a lot about scale too. Like we learned about you know the the importance of making sure the the materials were fresh because once they dried, they became more rigid once they were in place, right? Yeah. And looking back on it, we probably could have heated the bamboo. Um, oh, I'm sure there's many things that we didn't think about didn't that we think could about, have done. Yeah. yeah. But but we learned about scale because this was actually a prototype, and and we were like, let's build. We we had this kind of meeting on site with Alora and Neil, uh, where the bamboo U campus is being built and and uh, we were like yeah let's have a big like flowing skirt you know it's like and let's have a you know a, a big tower with no center um, you know like a, like a no central support yeah no like central yeah we want a floating free floating uh, uh, structure a free floating structure quite large span and it was like you know inspired by a Sufi's 
dress kind of twirling. Um, and, and we're like, well, how are we going to do this? So you came up with this crazy kind of design, I believe on your computer. Uh, and, and we're like, well, let's try it at a smaller scale first and then, and then see how it does. Um, and I think what we learned is it was really fun, but it was also really like hard. The bamboo doesn't necessarily, it didn't scale in the same way. It like, it was, it was stable, but not rigid. Right. And we realized when we got bigger, it couldn't be that flexible. It's the thing when you deal with grid shells, that is a, it's a very tricky thing to take in good consideration is when you scale, uh, when you, when you scale times two, let's say, um, um, uh, in one D, you actually scale uh, times six in in in, in volumetric uh, terms, um, because it's the to the power of three, right? So um, yeah, it it just didn't make sense to to bring that same structural system to the kind of volume that we're trying to achieve for the bamboo kitchen, uh, which is the structure that we're prototype pr prototyping for. So the bamboo kitchen had to be, I believe, twelve meters high. Uh, and uh, and 15 meters across, so it just ended up being uh, completely unreasonable. But speaking of how every project kind of linked to one another, I think a very interesting learning process um, in this prototyping phase and, and what we actually ended up being uh, designing for the for the bamboo kitchen was um, that sometimes it's just some ideas are not worth holding up to, um, even though that meditation space ended up being such a beautiful R and D. Uh, process and we had learned so much about it. We also learned that it was not appropriate for uh, the project that we are originally intended to try this for. And um, and I don't remember. I, I don't know if you remember, but we were at the end of a, of a bamboo course. Uh, I think on on day five of the second half, uh, when people are completing their project, and we sat down with the model maker who was helping us to design this um, this this kitchen for bamboo. And uh, and we looked at each other, saying, "Wait, are we are we holding up to something that's just not going to work, or should we go back to one of our classics?" And um, and we said, "Okay, maybe we do need a reciprocal tower, um, which is such an important feature in Greek school, uh, Bali today, um, to 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 hold the structure together." And and we were very attached to this idea of not having a central element. Um, interrupting the space inside the kitchen, so we just decided to split, to to spray the foundations of this tower open, and and allowing a free flow within the within the tower, which ended up looking like a teepee. So uh, sometimes, I guess, what I learned during this process is that sometimes uh, you just need to go back to the basic concepts and just tweak them a little bit, and, yeah. and things ended up looking and, very different and just working. And that exactly in itself. Turned out to be really challenging because tweaking the tower from being kind of a central column to being a splayed out, like more of a teepee, you know, led to all kinds of issues with span that we didn't anticipate. We were doing it on contour the same way that Ibuku does a lot of its structures. So, so tell can you tell us a little, how did you figure out, because I know we were kind of addressing, it's like, how are we going to make sure that it comes together properly at the top even though the poles are coming out of the ground at different heights so how do you figure that out because i feel like that was a big part of your learning as well um you know you 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 had to use a you know you had to figure out how to like actually make sure that it would come together properly so the the challenge with those reciprocal towers is you really want to make sure that you calculate your parameters well, and the first parameter that you want to make sure you don't mess up is the is the foundation, uh, the location of your foundation. So when you deal with a, a rice field kind of uh, topography, uh, where every foundation is going to end up being at a different level, or in in this case there were there was um, three different levels I think that we were dealing with. Um, you need to account for the variability in in, in uh, height and in, in distance between the foundation points at, at different levels. So, um, but I don't think we've ever done that before either, right? Mm -hmm. We we never we never really done a like tower that splayed out, and we'd never done a tower that was starting on three terraces at once. 
we didn't, but now you've started building yurts, which are based on the same principle, right? And the Bamboo campus also, which have foundations uh, at different level. Am I mistaken? Or they're all we, the we same? We do, we do, but it's much simpler, right? So what we did uh, in the case of the Bamboo um, uh, kitchen is we modeled the whole site um, uh, in Rhino. And uh, and then coded the the structure in Grasshopper and actually just plugged in the, the Grasshopper scripts into the topography map uh, model to to figure out where the foundations need to go. What we didn't take into consideration is that the topography map that we were dealing with were obsolete, <laughs> <laughs> and that we didn't get a surveyor to revise them, which led to a little bit of headache. But in the end, it just took. Um, it took a little bit of on-site, on-site, um, um, you know, decision making, <laughs> decision making, and 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 headaches, um, and and yeah, just figuring it on site. Um, we were very lucky that the span. I mean, not lucky, but what helped at the end of the day was that the span was so long between the foundation encourage points, and uh, and the top ring of the reciprocal towers that the bamboo actually had plenty of length to to bend and to flex to meet each other right um yeah, i think we used 16 16 long meter poles of, of bamboo petong for dendrocalamus asper yeah yeah and it worked out pretty well but but we did we did have some some hairy moments we're like wait a second that's not that pole isn't even doing anything right now <laughs> where's the load going yeah, we ended up cutting quite a few poles at the end, which we realized were not necessary, which I think we were uh, happy to have just in case while we built the thing. Uh, but it's 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 the beautiful thing of about this uh, this way that we uh, that we that we build the structures that we build at Bamboo U is is we kind of just go for it and trust that with all the resources and all of the very intelligent people that we have the chance to collaborate with, somehow we'll make it happen. And uh, and more often than not, we end up realizing that what we were worried about ends up being much stronger than it needs to be, and we end up taking uh, some elements away. Um, yeah, and, and I feel like the bamboo at that scale even is is a lot more forgiving than a lot of materials. You know, you, if you mess up, there's always the opportunity to kind of, you know, in the back of my mind, I was always like, well, we can always just add a central column if we really have to. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, it, it is just that easy. At the end of the day, you can just stick another pole in and nobody will notice because it's so organic and it already looks like a bamboo forest in there so if you do add an extra pole it may end up being a beautiful feature without you even planning on it yeah, and, and and it's and it's it's true at the end of the day we 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 do over design a lot um there's there's very few structures that i've seen uh done here that ended up uh sagging right after completion sometimes it does sag after a few years because uh, you know, because time time does its thing, and and it needs a little bit of love once in a while. But um, um, I, also, yeah, some of the original structures, we I feel like we've gone through this curve of like under designing in the very beginning with the with the creation of Green School to over designing um, because of like figure learning that we under designed to like you know now we're and I think as like a lot of the issue is just finding the engineers. Who really understand how bamboo works, and 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 because if they don't understand how it works, they'll really, really focus on really over engineering. Like engineers usually over engineer everything, uh, but but making you know finding people like Neil who are willing to kind of understand how things work both in tension and compression, and come up with the models that allow us like really like okay, how do we really push the limits, not just live in the conservative like safety net of like making sure it's a lot more than it actually needs to be yeah that's really interesting so you know you 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 went off to work for ibuku recently um and i know you're working on a really exciting project um for the next green school and there's probably a lot of things you're not allowed to talk about but i know you're working on some pretty awesome designs so where like what you've learned um at bamboo U, how is that translating into like what you're working on now? And and I know like bamboo is a very holistic process, right? We go from we go from uh, concepting all the way to like building with students, and so you really get to to live in the whole process of it. And Ibuku is a more of an architecture firm or a design firm where you really have to focus on clients and 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 presentations and really 
making sure you come up with the right drawings and models? I think what really um, what really excited me about um, uh, working with Ibuku was the project that I was asked to 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 join the team for, uh, which is the Green School Tulum. Um, when I when I first arrived in in Indonesia and when I first joined Bambuyu. Um, I mean, I, I, the one question that I was asking myself all the time is, oh my God, how do we bring this to South America? How do we, how do we spread the movement? You know, uh, these guys are doing it for real and it's not just uh, standing and it's not just working. It's, it, you know, the structures that are being made here are the most amazing structures I've ever seen in my life. And I've never felt as um, inspired to become an architect and to actually pursue this, this dream of, of building structures than, than, than since I've walked into it. Green School Bali for the first time. So, um, when I knew that there was going to be another green school built in in, in Latin America and Mexico, um, and that it was going to be made out of bamboo, I really saw it as the opportunity to bring this wow moment to Latin America, which would then ex- inspire, um, hopefully, all the surrounding countries where there is so much bamboo growing and where it makes so much sense to to start using bamboo in in, in construction. So, I, I guess what I what I learned from Bamboo U that really um, you know, encouraged me to just move forward was the confidence of, of just going for it, and that with um, enough, you know, with enough excitement and with good communication with the people that you work with, there is nothing uh, that you can't that you can't design and that you can't build, um, and it's it's just such an exciting adventure um, um, to be at the you know at the edge of what will later be regarded as the beginning of the bamboo movement and all the structures that were designed, which are, you know, really the first, um, the first major bamboo grid shell, the first um, uh, 15 meter long spanning hyperbolic paraboloid structure, which is now the bamboo U, um, bamboo hall, the, the workshop at bamboo U. You know, we're really trying this stuff out and we're just bringing up the excitement with the people that we're doing it with, the clients that we're designing it for. Um, so yeah, it just takes just takes a little bit of confidence and a lot of uh, of belief that that somehow it's gonna inspire other people to do amazing things as well. Just like I felt inspired to do it uh, when I arrived here, and just I know that every single person that has joined Bambuyu um, felt when they went back home. Um, it's it's really sharing the dream. So um, the fact that Ibuku is now so involved internationally will lead uh, without a doubt to other people wanting to do the same thing wherever they are and and just showing that it's not just happening in a small uh, magical bubble that is Bali, but it's it's a reality that the whole world can be a part of. What's your team um, Aribuku like imagining for for Green School Mexico? Like what you know, can you share some 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 like details on uh, what what we're planning on pushing forward like wh- where's the edge of the envelope uh, that's going to make that space really magical and unique for that environment i think that it's important to understand that a lot of the magic that happened at green school bali was made possible by the craftsmanship that uh, we have here in bali right the the talents that the people who uh, make every single joint that you see in the structures in Green School or in Green Village or in most of Ibuku's design is just, you know, very unique to Bali and can't be think, thought of as um, the international bamboo architecture style because it's, it's it, it just belongs in Bali and it, it won't be replicated anywhere else in the world unless you ship, um, you know, teams of, uh, you send teams of Balinese craftsmen uh, to work on international, on projects abroad. But, um, the idea for this green school was to uh, the idea for this green school is to to use local resources, uh, which in in our case means using uh, different species of bamboo called bamboo guadua, which uh, is the, the South American uh, bamboo species. But mostly, uh, most importantly, to uh, build it with the local uh, craftsmen. So we are looking at structural systems that don't implicate uh, complicated fish mouth or whole joints or all the, the technical joints that we do here with full poles, but um, to to explore um, grid shell and tensile structure uh, systems. So we are very much inspired by the work of Fry Otto, who did uh, the first uh, timber grid shells in the 70s um, for the for the design of Harder School. We're still exploring a lot of, of you know, design leads for now, um, uh, some of which are starting to get quite compe- com- compelling. 
But I think that the most important thing will be to make sure that we collaborate enough with the people who are actually going to build this thing, um, who are Mexican-based um, um, building teams. We don't know what it, what it will look like yet. It will be the result of a collaboration process with those guys. Um, but what I know is that it's not going to look like Green School Bali and that it's going to become an icon of what bamboo architecture can be uh, in that region of the world. And uh, that is probably going to involve long-spanning grid shell structural systems. <laughs> awesome. And I, 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 you know, I think it's really important that, that you know, we, we, we don't just try and make the bamboo buildings we've made in Bali everywhere, but we really, we really do make future bamboo buildings in other places an expression of, of their bamboo and their place, um, which I think is a very different approach than the modern approach, which is to kind of like try and distill and standardize everything to be applicable everywhere. Um, and, and so like, you know, and I feel bamboo has really taught us that because no one pole is alike. Um, they're all slightly different, um, even though they follow the same rules. They're, each one is not exactly the same. So we we really have to adjust even the design to fit the poles on site. And every every species of bamboo really has a way in which it's, it clearly wants to be used. I mean, when you look at the Dendrocalamus asper poles, it's just so elegant the way that it, it naturally bends. The, the, the distance between the nodes uh, is, is long enough so that it really looks like it's, you know, um, it's it's it's... It's very elongated, it tapers in a really beautiful ways, which makes it look even longer uh, than it is when you're looking at it from the ground. And when you compare it with Guadua, which is the, the South American bamboo, which is very straight, very bulky, uh, has an internal distance of 30 centimeters, so it looks much heavier. Um, it doesn't look as gracious as, as Asper at all. Uh, it really feels like you're you know, uh, losing the magic that you have with, with Asper. But at the same time, when you start understanding that because it has more nodes, because the walls are thicker, you can actually make much stronger splits, which can be used in grid shells in much more efficient ways than you can do with Aspers. Well, that, that unlocks another a whole other range of opportunities as well. Mm. So... Um, it's really interesting. Yeah, every species wants to be used in its own way, and uh, and they almost ask for different design opportunities because you know, in green school, isn't almost entirely made of Dendrocalamus asper and and uh, Gigantocloapus, right? So it's really dominated by those, and and the designs are really informed by those, right? And and if you tried to build those designs out of Guadua, you'd end up with a very different look. Absolutely, and if yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. it just it just wouldn't be as beautiful if you did the same things as you see here in Bali. It, it wouldn't. It would be, I think it would disappoint. Um, yeah. yeah, 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 so true. So, Jules, I'm going to ask you this because you're not that far away from it. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of people uh, who, who come to Bamboo you who are, who, are, who are students or recently graduated where we're starting to get into bringing university groups, which is really exciting. So... If you had to give yourself advice about bamboo when you first arrived, like if, if you were back to, you know, that day you met me on the farm, um, really eager and interested in, in learning about bamboo and really inspired by the design opportunities. And, and so if you were in that position again, like what, what did, and, and, and you didn't know any of this stuff was going to happen and that you were going to, you know, go on to, to, to really work with bamboo professionally, right? At that point, you didn't know uh, that that was going to happen. Um, what would you tell yourself? You know, I think I would tell myself not to try too hard because um, because it's just really easy to, to speak bamboo language if you, if you remain humble and if you don't try to uh, force it to do what it doesn't want to do. I know this is something that we say a lot at Bamboo, at Bamboo You, but it's, uh, it's, I don't know, it's just really a philosophy of listening to um, how the material wants to work and how, I kind of almost want to say the same things about the people that I work with, you know, that I've had the chance to collaborate with and all the people that I, I'm working with currently. It's, uh, everything kind of falls into place. And uh, um I think I have a tendency sometimes to put a lot of pressure on myself, especially when I'm working on a project and I really want to make sure that everything works together and sometimes I can't figure out the right type of joint or sometimes it's just, you know, just just not working and, and the pressure that I put on myself kind of prevents me from 
seeing the very obvious answer, which is just right in front of my eyes. So um, bamboo has so much to teach us. We don't need to teach bamboo anything. Uh, if we come up with a simple enough idea and we're open enough to understand how the bamboo, how bamboo wants to, how it wants to work, it, it, it just comes altogether very, very instinctively. Um, so yeah, paying attention, I think, would be the advice to what the bamboo, to how bamboo wants to, to work. Beautiful. Well, thanks for joining us here at the Bamboo Podcast, Jules. Thank you so much for having me, Aaron. And of course, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please check out our website as well, bambooyou.com. That's www.bambooyou.com, B-A-M-B-O-O-U.com, or you can find the link in our show notes. Although currently our programs are on hold due to the global COVID-19 pandemic, when things get back to a new normal, we will be getting back to building more incredible structures out of bamboo. You can also check us out on Instagram, Bamboo U Bali is our handle. Again, it'll be available in our show notes. We offer a 11-day bamboo build and design immersion where we invite people from all over the world to join us here in Bali, Indonesia, to learn how to create incredible designs out of bamboo. Many of the guests on this podcast are instructors at Bamboo U, and they, along with the Bamboo U team, will teach you all the things you need to know about bamboo from harvesting and preservation to how to design and build full-scale bamboo structures. Our program attracts participants from all over the world, from all kinds of different disciplines, from architecture and engineering to activism and entrepreneurship, or just people that happen to be interested specifically in bamboo. Our instructors are world-class designers, architects, and creatives. And we believe that empowering people to learn how to build sustainably and beautifully is super important to create the future we all want to live in. I'm Oren Hardy, and this is the Bamboo Podcast. Thank you for listening.